Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Hello, it's great to be with you. Today we are talking about contemplative practices for all ages and specifically as it relates to children and teenagers. And so both Christina Kaiser and Chris Roberts separately over the past couple of weeks have had opportunities to engage with young people around contemplative spirituality. And so I thought it would be fun to just say, what did you learn in those contexts? Uh, one was a retreat context, one was a service trip that Chris went on and was offering some spiritual companioning alongside the teens. And so I'm curious, what are you noticing as we think about kids and teens and contemplative spirituality? So I think one of the things that surprised me, we had a little kind of feedback time at the end of the retreat just to say, hey, what was good about this for you? And one of the kids, and it felt so grown up to me, they said, I really enjoyed getting to hear other people's stories. I enjoyed getting to know people. And that feels so grown up, this notion of I don't only like to share about myself, but I loved getting to hear about you too and learn about you. So I think it reminds me, you know, that sometimes we put children into this little box, like, oh, you are simple and you are maybe in some other category. I need to speak one way to you. But there's so much richness inside of kids. And so that was a big one for me that I took away recently. Yeah, I think, number one, it was a great experience. I think always, you know, having the opportunity to be around young people could be invigorating it could be a learning experience and so number one i think i'm just very appreciative for the experience that i had with the young people and i think one of the things that i learned i agree with you christina i think do not underestimate the ability for young people to be deep i think that's that's a takeaway that i have as well i think another takeaway i have is a value for the long game, right? I think we can have some of these experiences with young people and we want things to happen in a microwave type of way, you know, rather than in a crock pot sort of way, letting things sort of simmer and rise to the surface. I think I learned just a, an appreciation for my interaction with young people, not to expect results right away. That, you know, may, it might take a couple of days and then, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going along thinking, oh, we're on to something new. <laughs> They're like, hey, I just wanted to ask you about that one thing that you said a couple of days ago. And sometimes it just takes a while to percolate, you know, before, and what comes to mind for me is doing my spiritual direction training. One of the things that we did is we did this emotions sort of, it wasn't a wheel. We put all these emotions out on the ground, you know, like these sort of puzzle, puzzle pieces and something like 150 different emotions, right? And one of the things that they, they touched on was in general, it takes people a while to identify an emotion 
And I think they were picking on men as well, you know, like in general terms, not, not, uh, not specific to any individuals. And they said, you know, some people may identify emotions sooner, but one of the things they said is it, it sometimes takes men two days to identify an emotion that they're having. And I think that that was true for me and, and young people. I think sometimes it's hard to name these emotions that come up in experiences. You know, one of the things that we were doing was we were picking up trash and we were serving homeless people meals. And obviously emotions are going to come forward from doing this type of work, you know, refugee resettlement, you know, painting houses and emotions are going to come up from that. And, you know, just being, being in the long game, waiting for this to unfold, I think is something that I, I come to value uh, with my experience recently. I think that's important. And our 12 year old recently had an experience where it was her first time doing a labyrinth. And for those who maybe aren't familiar with the labyrinth, it's this beautiful sort of design where you're walking this path to go towards the center. It's a very slow, prayerful path. And there's a particular different designs of a labyrinth. But when you're walking the labyrinth, it zigs and zags and zigs and zags. It's not a straight line to get to the center. And oftentimes as you are doing that last zig before you get to the center, it's the furthest point away from the center. And yet once you turn the corner, you're right there. And sometimes it can be surprising. And I just what you're saying, Chris, I, I do think that that's important with young people, oftentimes with us and our perspective in life. And, you know, we have some experience, maybe we see things differently and it could seem like a big zig. But in their story, it's the zag that gets them right to where they need to be to draw closer to God or themselves or self-awareness. And so I really appreciated just hearing my daughter's experience with the labyrinth and what that's like in the mind of a 12 year old. And I think eager to see this become maybe something that she does on a semi-regular basis. And as she's growing older into her teen years, how can the labyrinth serve as this reflective space for her? Yeah. What is the metaphor here, right? What is the story? Uh, and there's, yeah, I often realize that there's a little bit of how do I interpret what's happening to me, right? There's so much going on and uh, the stories that we experience throughout scripture, the ways in which things can speak to us, I'm trying to figure out what we need. There's this whole need to interpret. Like, do I feel the presence of divine in my body? Do I experience it in my outer world? What does all of this mean? How would I even know? And that it becomes this huge subject for dialogue and trying things and living the life. I like your analogy of it's it's a crock pot. You kind of got to sit in it for a minute and see, does that work? Does that feel true? Or did that kind of fall flat for me? Or And then there's the whole, it could be different on a different day. So I do appreciate that kind of helping people see in, in metaphor a little bit. I think one of the other noticings that uh, that I'm aware of is providing space for young people to disengage from their normal world is so important for them. Like all of us, you know, I think adults, they go on silent retreats or, you know, a day away or spa time, whatever it is, like we have these self-care things that we do. And I think 
providing space for kids and teens to where they can um, maybe go out in nature or put themselves in a different setting. I just found it to be so important for them. They had their phones, of course, they got to take photos and, but there were obvious times where that was put away and how the true self emerges whenever they put that stuff away. You know, it, it was, it was transformational for me to watch uh, and also, you know, very transformational for them as well. And so it gave me a desire to participate with young people in that way. You know, whether it's leading outings where we go out into nature or, you know, something like that to where I can provide space for them to exit their normal world and enter into a special world of nature, contemplation, beauty. I think that's important because I think often when we are thinking about time away from our phone or from technology, that doesn't sound appealing. It sounds boring or agitating or whatever, but I think when we do provide those spaces and as you're, you're noting, there is that natural curiosity that emerges, whether it's through nature time or art time or whatever. And um, something that we've been doing at the center is having some different opportunities for kids and teens to, to do exactly what you're talking about, doing the nature adventures and things like that. And it's amazing what emerges and, you know, wow, this pine cone that's in my hand, I'm feeling it. It's prickly. Look at that bark on the tree. Let's stop and notice these practices that we're doing, I think can foster a natural curiosity that kids have. And I think the hope that we have at the center is that we are fostering something where kids are understanding that God is beyond one particular format, that there's different ways that we can connect with the divine. And I love what both of you are saying, sort of lifting up these different opportunities where, yes, this is a valid way. And if you're sensing peace inside of your heart or uh, a joy or compassion, helping to bring language around some of the things that we're sensing in our younger years where maybe we don't have the vocabulary. Chris, I think, you know, the hundred and something emotions that you're talking about, what important spaces where we can help to develop the language and the emotional intelligence and awareness that's so intricately part of our spirituality. Yeah, I really appreciate all of this. There's that interpretation aspect of our lives and then there's that getting into that present moment space and really savoring it and, and being present to it two of our kids had a the same fourth grade teacher and she had these smell jars in the classroom so if you were in the middle of a test or um, a worksheet or something and it was difficult and you were getting kind of scared nervous frustrated whatever you were feeling you could get up at any time and, and they, they all smell differently, so maybe you dis, you discovered that you had a certain smell that you really like as opposed to another. I am not that fancy. I have no smell jars, but our kids do have various techniques, and I think it's helpful. So in the retreat that we did, we offered kids the opportunity to talk about, do you know of anything that helps you when you're feeling upset, irritated, sad, you know, these types of things and allowed each of them to share. And some kids can be kind of, you know, funny. They'll be like, I feel angry. And so I fart, right? Like, it's like and actually like, fine, like you got something out. So you can actually even use that. Um, but others, like I, I have one child that is so good 
at breathing. She does it unprompted. She She's learned it. And you will see her take that cleansing breath. You will see her coach others into finding that space. And it, it amazes me. It like mesmerizes me. <laughs> and um, I think that storytelling is very strong in her as well. We've sometimes had a kind of ritual around the table of like, your highs and your lows. And she loves it. She often instigates it. What's been the best part of your day? She wants to know. And I think that storytelling kind of helps us solidify and commemorate and remember. You're like in scripture, they build altars, right? And we don't necessarily have an altar, but the storytelling allows us to have that thing. So we don't just, it doesn't just fly away. We don't just forget it. I think one of the things that I'm struck by is the invitation that is being presented to be with young people. And just to note that a lot of a lot of people don't uh, have kids or grandkids or they're around kids. And I hear a clear invitation to somehow let the lives, this younger generation that is emerging to somehow touch your own life. And, you know, I was listening to an adult talk recently and he was somewhat being facetious about you know we should all just let teens just put them in one location and let them destroy one another and whatever emerges and that was his attitude like they're they're troublesome they're bothersome they're annoying they're loud they're they're all these things that yes teenagers can be but i think you know having uh entered into the conversation with, you know, my teen is my greatest teacher. And, you know, that's something that I put forward and how it's changing my life, how my teens are changing my life um, is something that I brought to the conversation. And, you know, like you could either say, well, you know, screw you, I don't really care to have that happen. Or you can allow my story to touch your life. And we're all going to have some sort of engagement with teens, kids in one way. And one can be, uh, you know, you're apathetic, you don't care. And I think that's the more dangerous path. Or you can be angry because they, you know, they frustrate you. If you're angry, at least there's some emotion, there's some engagement. Or you can be passionate, you know, like, yes, young people. And so I think that's one thing that I'm I'm noticing in our conversation that I just want to lift up. And I agree. You talked about this earlier about not underestimating the depth of our young people. And I know in my own life that I had people in my life that really created space for me to to be that. And whether it was, you know, mentoring or, or whatnot, where recognizing, okay, there's something in you and it doesn't matter that you're 15 that's your chronological age has nothing to do with it. There is something of God in you and let's create some space where that can grow and foster. And I think even in the Bible, we see many examples of, and it was young people who had these experiences with God and maybe because they were young and untainted and maybe a little bit more open-minded. And in my opinion, I think that's even more ripe. And I think we're so much more ready and receptive in our younger years. And it takes probably even more practice and intentionality, the older that we get and we're set in our ways and our opinions and things like that. And so I really appreciate just the 
those that champion young people, those that have done it in my life and hopefully creating that space for others as well. And just uplifting again, that notion of the emotions and helping with them. I mean, teens can have a ton of emotion. They're working on, you know, holding them in check in certain moments and then they can be really strong in others. And I was so helped because uh, I, I know some teens with some pretty strong emotions and <laughs> and I have lived a life of repressing my emotion. <laughs> and so I was working through my own struggle with sitting in the middle of very, you know, tornado-like experiences and just noticing like I have about 10 minutes in me and then I start to feel this urge to try to give the platitudes or move somebody on as opposed to letting them just sit in it. And um, this friend of mine, she found this poem. It is written by the woman who wrote the vagina monologues. So I can't quite remember her name right now, but um, it was this whole thing about I am an emotional being and that is okay. And so I think there is this kind of spiritual practice on my end to sit with the uncomfortability of this is my child's emotions or this person has emotion because the alternative to that is stifled. I can't get it out. It's making me sick in my body. Right? So just offering this long-term health. How am I going to deal with these emotions? So just kind of really uplift that part of the conversation. It's not nothing. And I'm hearing in many comments today, just again, that spaciousness and, and the long game, I think is what we called it and really being in it for that. And I think too, you know, we're talking about processing the emotions. And again, I think our young people, when they are excited about something or passionate, like you mentioned, they're go-getters, they're activists, they are doing things that are examples and motivating for the rest of us. And young people have the gift of time on their side, right? They don't have all the responsibilities and the bills and the jobs and all of that. And there is a little bit more luxury and leisure and a slower pace. And I think if we can encourage that, and, you know, we, we had a podcast episode a few times ago about play and how as adults, we have to remind ourselves, how do we play and what excites us and what are our hobbies? That's not the case with, you know, kids are excited to wake up in the morning and, and play. And again, if we can let them be our teachers and to learn from them, I think that's a beautiful invitation. And I think also, as we, we talk about kids and the beauty of kids, uh, I'm just reminded of all the teachers out there that, you know, somehow feel called to work with kids and, you know, they're leaving the institution of education at a rapid rate. And so I think my heart goes out to teachers who have felt the calling, but the institution has failed them. And my hope is that the new institutions that emerge, that grow out of this shattered mess that we're experiencing now, uh, will hold more spiritual space for our young people. And so I think that that is definitely one of my hopes as we have this conversation. Well, if you are listening to this in real time, we want to point your attention towards a retreat that we will be hosting in Madison, Wisconsin, specifically for kids and teens. I think we've noticed that many spiritual centers um, often focus on adults and their formation. And we thought, you know what, this next year, we want to make some intentional space for really creating opportunities for kids and teenagers to experience contemplative practices in a way that's engaging for them. And so... We invite you to check out foundrysc.com 
for information on that retreat. And then ongoing, please check that out regularly uh, because that we are hopefully going to be offering much more in the coming months and years for our kids and young people. So thank you so much for this conversation and we look forward to learning more around this topic. Well, this is the time in our podcast where we talk about what we are into this week. So what are we into, friends? So I think my current love, and I think this has probably been true throughout the summer, but now it's like becoming increasingly precious because summer will soon morph into times that are too cold. But the gentle breezes that offer like the need for a soft blanket while sitting on the sun porch is just divine. And so I have super enjoyed sitting under my blanket and commenting and noticing and taking in the gentle breeze. Uh, and then as the sun goes down, the trees become this like stately thing in the background that looks over us and is this beautiful guardian. And it's just the whole experience. It's like a little sanctuary. Well, speaking of being with teens and kids, uh, one of the things that we've been into is closing down the pool. Uh, we've been going to the pool sort of in the late afternoon and uh, our youngest is just like a fish. And so he's really soaking up uh, the pool experience this year and growing in his swimming abilities. Uh, and one of the things that we, we love to do is, is say, are we going to close, we're going to close a pool down. And so we've been doing that recently and it's just been divine. It has been fun. Yes. Well, I have a new appreciation for peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That is what I am into this week. And the same child who is a fish every day, all day, favorite food is PBJ. And at one point I was like, oh my gosh, again. But then the other day I was making a PBJ and I thought, you know what? This is actually an amazing food choice for you. We have this delicious multigrain bread and we'll switch that up. We have our typical peanut butter. We've been doing some nut butters lately with different flaxseed and all the stuff. Jams, we do the all fruit jams. And so we have to go to a different grocery store that sells the one without the sugar. And there's all these fun, there's apricot, raspberry, blackberry, all the things. And so I'm like, actually, this is an amazing food choice. There's variety, there's all the proteins, grains, nutrition. So I have a new appreciation for PB&J sandwiches. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to next time. Make it a great week. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, we invite you to stay connected by signing up for our Foundry Spiritual Center newsletter, where you can learn about even more programs and offerings. You'll find a link to subscribe in the show notes or visit us anytime at foundrysc.com. Thanks again for being with us. We hope you have a great week.